Hey there, this is Jamie Lewis, the host of The Consumed Podcast, where eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers tell their stories. And this is a special Consumed Live episode featuring mothers in the hospitality industry on California's Central Coast. The discussion was recorded live at There Does Not Exist Brewing on March 7th, 2023. My guests included caterer Brittany Gonzalez of Central Coast Tacos, Fabian Tefera, owner of Ebony Slow Ethiopian Restaurant, Shani Covey, owner of Robin's Restaurant in Cambria and Luna Red in San Luis Obispo, and Sam Whitaker, owner of Bing's Bao Buns in the San Luis Obispo Public Market. If you couldn't make it to this live event, you definitely want to listen in on the unique challenges and rewards of being a mom in the food industry. I presented this conversation in collaboration with At Her Table, a week-long food festival that celebrates women each March. Special thanks to Michelle Barrera for making that happen. Okay, here's our chat. Enjoy. Okay, um, we'll have some questions, Q&A time at the end, and then we can hang. Uh, But first, I wanted to, before I introduce the people here, I wanted to give you a few facts about motherhood and parenthood in the restaurant industry. Out of 193 countries in the United Nations, only a small handful do not have a national paid parental leave law. They are New Guinea, Suriname, a few South Pacific Island nations, and the United States. Companies with over 50 employees are required to offer 12 weeks of unpaid leave to full-timers who have been with them for one year. And there's no guarantee of the woman keeping the job. After those 12 weeks, the employer must offer only an equivalent job back to the employee. What about part-time or hourly workers? Anyone who hasn't held their job for a full year and anyone working for a business with fewer than 50 employees, like, say, a small independent restaurant. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, only 4%, of food service workers get any sort of paid family leave at all. The fact that restaurant workers make up seven of the 10 lowest paid positions in their survey compounds the problem. A high percentage of parents in the restaurant industry work at night. Only 8% of daycare facilities operate after 5 p.m. With 813,205 single mothers, the restaurant industry has the highest concentration of single mothers in any industry, 9%. One of the most common ways for a mother to continue working in the restaurant industry is by starting her own thing to establish a culture that's family friendly and meets her own needs. And that's what we have with the four women here. Uh, Fabian Tefera, in the middle here, is the owner of Ebony Slow, an Ethiopian takeout restaurant and mom to Nahum. Brittany Gonzalez is owner of Central Coast Tacos Yes, food truck and mother to, what are your kids' names? Um, Olivia and Sophia. Good, Olivia and Sophia. Shani Covey is owner of Luna Red in Slow and Robbins in Cambria and mother to, remind me their names? Jai and Roberto. Oh, sorry. sorry, Jai and Roberto. Yes. <laughs> and Sam Whitaker down at the end is the owner of Bing's Bao Buns at the Slow Public Market and she is mother to? Uh, Merrick and Hatsia. Yes, so lots of kids represented in this, in this group. So first things first, I wanted to ask, 
what made you decide to get into the food industry? And I think what I'll do, what if we start with Shani, and then next time we'll start with Brittany. Well, um, I hail from Singapore originally, and it's a food mecca uh, of the world, probably. And so food is a very big part of my life. But I really got into the restaurant business on the coattails of my ex-husband, Robin, because it was his dream to open a restaurant. And I just followed along and grew to love the business. And we've been in it for now 38 years. Hi, everyone. Um, so I started the uh, Central Coast Tacos um, out of necessity. Um, daycare was probably a, a huge thing for me. I was working at a law firm in uh, San Luis Obispo at the time, and I was breastfeeding, and I was working part-time taking care of two girls. And I had a 20-minute pump break that I would go and go into a utility closet to go and pump um, for my newborn baby. And I only got like three months of maternity leave at the time. So I was trying to think of ideas to start where I could be a mom Monday through Friday, take my kids to gymnastics, take them to um, you know, swim, swimming, pick them up from school. I wanted to be a mom Monday through Friday. Um, and so I started Central Coast Tacos with my um, ex-husband and it just kind of blew up in a huge industry. And I work in the wedding industry mainly. And it's, it's really wonderful because I get to be a mom Monday through Friday and get to work on the weekends and still have that time to spend with my girls. Yay. Yay. Damon. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, I think my story is similar. It wasn't, I don't know a thing about the food industry, but <laughs> I wanted, um, I guess, the freedom and independence of having my own business as a mom. Um, I, had, I have another business, and that wasn't, it was just taking too long to take off, so I decided to open up, a to have a second business, which ended up being the, the food industry. Um, but yeah, I think it was out of necessity and just wanting freedom and wanting independence and uh, I guess have being wanting to be able to do the things with my son and not be restricted with schedule, because I'm also from the corporate world for about 15 years, and I know what the you know, it's really good money, but there's a lot of other price. I mean, there's another price to pay. So I wanted to have the opposite of that and it came out of, again, necessity. Mm -hmm. Hi. Um, my food journey was kind of like a happy accident. Uh, my husband and I have worked together for a lot of years and we were just trying to find a way to fill uh, like our two days off. So my husband just started cooking things that we missed back from where we were, uh, where we grew up, which was the East Coast. And as we like posted pictures of the food, we had like friends come over and try the food, and then it kind of turned into this weird, weird whirlwind of people just messaging me and asking if they could come to my house and buy food. Uh, and it was really strange at first, uh, but I don't think that we necessarily intended on opening a restaurant. It kind of just fell into place. So, yeah. Um, and you know what, it occurs to me now, I never thought of this before, but I, at least I know of Shani, Fabin, and Sam, and perhaps Brittany, you all did something first, an iteration of it first. You had the health food store, mm -hmm. and then uh, Ebony was a 
tiny little pop-up that sold out in 10 minutes and you were like, this is hard, I don't wanna do this. <laughs> and then Sam with people coming to the house and now you have a, a commercial kitchen to yeah. do that. Did you have a, an earlier manifestation? So I started um, just doing parties and events yeah. and I met this really cool guy named Patrick Eng and he started, um, he's in the wedding industry, he's a photographer, and he invited me to a taco event for a charity. Mm -hmm. And then I met a whole bunch of wedding planners and it just kicked off from there. Yeah. So that's, right how, that's how I started. Yeah, so coming from maybe a different place than where you landed, um, but that working out, you know, just fine. What does your business do best? Brittany, you wanna lead with that? Well, I would say a good taco. So <laughs> that's good. That's important. really good tacos. Um, that if you ask anybody, that, that's what they'll say. They'll be like, oh, tacos, taco lady. I'm like, I will respond to taco lady. Um, but uh, I would say with the events that we do every weekend, I would say we do very clear, um, effective communication. So we have these events where I work in the wedding industry and we have, you know, these big, huge events for 300 people. We're doing bars, we're doing busing, we're doing catering. And I think the best compliment for, um, that I've received from the people that I've worked with is that we've had clear communication um, and it's really effective and everything runs su really smoothly mm -hmm. because I have a really great team um, and I have a, just a desire to make everything work together, mm -hmm. so. Can you tell me what makes your taco really good? What's different? I would say love, because you have to have a really good, you, I mean, you have to love what you do. Um, that's one of the, the biggest things that you, you go into this for, and um, I would say, our, like, I learned a lot of the recipes from my grandma, my abuela, mm -hmm. so she taught me how to really cook and how to make rice and how to make staple foods, mm -hmm. and so I learned from her, and um, you have to love what you do. Mm -hmm. So that would, that would be it. Awesome. Faven, what makes, oh, you know what, no one's ever, let's, yeah, okay. I'm used to doing this at my kitchen table. No one's ever there applauding answers, <laughs> but I'll get used to it. Faven, what does Ebony do best? Um, I think besides the food, um, it's sort of like explaining the culture and talking about how we eat and, um, because a lot of people, I would say even like 80% of the people that come in have never had Ethiopian food or have no clue about the culture, the food, and, and or anything else. So explaining that part has been a lot of fun, mm -hmm. even though it's the same stories over and over again, and it's me who is there explaining. It never gets old because people react to it, and then when they try the food and when they eat it with their hands and that whole experience just... Everybody comes back and say and says how great that was. So I feel like it's um, in addition to the food, it's more introducing the culture and talking about the food and the health aspect of the food. Yeah, and it's the first Ethiopian restaurant that I know of on the Central Coast. If there is there is an education to be made there. You know, people if they 80% is a lot. If they haven't tasted it before. It's on you to describe and to educate on that. Yeah, and I do take my time with each person because it's, you know, it's an exciting mm -hmm. thing for people to first find us because we're very hard to find. <laughs> we're in the back <laughs> of, you know, the other side of the airport. So once they find us, it's just 
And I always say everybody that walks in is um, pretty happy to be there because they seek, they seek out the food. It's not like yeah. they're just randomly finding us and deciding to come in. So mm -hmm. most people have done the research of not or they're excited or some people will say, oh, you know, I, there's no phone number. I couldn't find you. But I decided to just get in my car and drive from Templeton. And I'm like, oh, that's, amazing. that's, a, <laughs> that's a big risk. But that's amazing. Um, yeah, I would say that's the best and the fun part of being there. Yeah. Raise your hand if you've had the ebony yet. Nice. That's good. <laughs> it's really clean food, lots of lentils, lots of onions, sauces. The injera bread is so tangy and beautiful. And um, if you haven't checked it out, definitely, definitely check it out. Okay, Sam, what does Bing's Bao Buns do? Oh, you grimace. You grimace. What do you do best? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Shot you. <laughs> um, like food wise, Whatever. I guess we're like most known for the bao, mm -hmm. which I would hope so, considering it's in the name. Um, but the Korean style fried chicken has kind of taken off pretty significantly, where we have a lot of customers coming in every day asking for it, which makes me really happy because mm -hmm. I love Korean style fried chicken. In terms of like business, it's been. Every day is a journey and it's learning from mistakes and trying to kind of adjust on the fly to things that we come across. So I haven't really been in the food industry before. I never really worked at restaurants or like been a waitress or anything like that. So everything that my husband and I have been planning is just like, oh, okay, this did not work out well. We need to plan this better yeah. and just learn from it. So yeah. I feel like every day is a fun adventure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that I think that we're getting better at every day. And like my like resolution this year was to just try to be more organized. And so like as a result, I have like a note in my phone that shows like what flavors we're going to be doing for like the next three months. So I can like see it in my head because that was half the battle. I was like, oh, no, what did we do last week? I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it gets overwhelming and everything blurs into a beating sometimes. So yeah. the organization definitely helped. I feel like you and Fabian have something in common coming from corporate to this, um, maybe not expecting to be in the food industry, I'm sure that that is a, a big education. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Shani, what do you guys do best? Well, um, so I, th I thought about this question and um, I think what we do best is really to take care and nourish our guests. Those, that is really our number one, you know, priority. It's like, yeah, we feed them really well, but we really want to take care of them. Mm -hmm. um, and we started in this business, before we had the restaurant, we had a health food store for four years. And we, there was a time that we created, um, we turned, converted one of the back rooms to like a family style seating area. And so we had uh, people come and and sign up for dinners. And that's when we first experienced just how wonderful it was for people to gather around the table and enjoy great food and, and company. What year was that? Oh my God. <laughs> and whole, it was Cambria. It's a whole nother lifetime away. <laughs> I've been in the restaurant business for 38 years since we opened Robin's. So we'll and do it the was math. like five years before that. <laughs> so you do the math. Well, just so I'm thinking there wasn't much like that. 
there was no, nothing like no. that. No, we used to go to the farmer's markets then at that time. So we, you know, we were early adapters of like farm to table mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and serving an eclectic menu. Mm -hmm. um, we don't like to confine ourselves to just a, one specific cuisine. We love culture and food and that's one, one of the things Rob and I have in common. And so we love bringing the different cultural flavors, you know, to mm -hmm. the table. So which is why our menu is, is eclectic. It always has yes. been. Yes. Yeah. So those spring yeah. rolls, Shani. Yeah. <laughs> so they're yeah. a problem. <laughs> yes. Um, so what does let's start with Fabian. What does a typical day look like when you're working? And I love that we're starting with you. Sorry, because you have a routine. You have a very prescribed routine in the morning. Can you tell everybody what that is? The it includes very good espresso. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't do that every day anymore. Well, every morning I get my espresso at Field Day Coffee Shop, and I'm known for sitting in the corner, same spot, every morning, same drink, for a good two, two and a half hours. <laughs> but I can't do that anymore, because now I have to go to Ebony. The, the three days were open, so I'm in there early in the morning. So a typical day starts with um, prep. So it's, the business is myself, my two aunts, and my um, best friend. And at the moment, it's myself and my aunt who are at the restaurant, and we have one wonderful employee. So it's the three of us running the whole place. Um, so we get in early in the morning, do all the prep, um, kind of just, and then we're also at a commercial kitchen. So. I go set up the front area, because when we get in, there's nothing. And then basically we create a restaurant at the front and in the back, and we just prep. And Ethiopian food is just a ton of red onions, so there's a lot of onions to chop. <laughs> and, there's, and those onions have to be cooked low heat for you know, a good three and a half to almost four hours, depending on the amount. So everything is on the, everything is based on the low cooked, low heat cooked, slowly cooked onions. Mm -hmm. So we get started with that, and we open at 11:30, and I run to the front, and I, you know, the front is set up at this point. So um, we take orders, and then we kind of work until 6 p.m. or until we sell out. Uh, so throughout the day, it's just a matter of me greeting people, talking to people, and my aunt and our employee just kind of getting the food out as the order comes in. And then at the end of the day, because we're in a commercial kitchen, we have to clean up and leave the kitchen for the next business. So that's not our favorite part. It's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, we close an hour early, and then we clean up, put everything back, and as if we've never th we were never there, and then come back the next day and do it again. When you go home, do you go home to just relaxation, or is there more? I mean, like in terms of work, do you do you then do Fabico stuff after that? Um, I try not to plan anything on the days I'm at Ebony because I'm physically exhausted. Yeah. Um, which is why we work only three days, and a lot of people have said, "Why don't you work five days? Why don't you work?" I'm like, we could barely make <laughs> the three days work because it's a lot of physical work. Mm -hmm. So when I get home, I usually I'm done for the day. Yeah. Um, I don't do anything at home anymore, so I just make my way to the bed and then do it again. <laughs> and then Saturday night, I can 
have a social life and yeah. maybe go out or something. But yeah, the three days I'm at Ebony, that's, that's all I do. If anyone ever has a hard time laying down boundaries, talk to Fabin. She'll be like, listen to me. You don't need to work five days a week. You can work three days. She's just so good about, that's one of the reasons I asked you, is you're really good at laying boundaries in your life. Um, you know, whatever your life can sustain. It's been very cool to watch. Yeah, because I really, truly believe without that, the other can't exist. If I'm not happy, then I can't be there. Or if I'm not physically well, I can't be there. So we're always saying it's basically well-being and then the business. Mm -hmm. If one of us are not happy or one of us are not, you know, feeling like being there, I feel like it would show up on the food, like the food would, the energy yeah, would go on the food. It. So you can taste it. So. Um, but but with anything else, it's all the same. Unless you're happy and well, mm. whatever you do on the other side is not gonna, you know, be what you want it to be. So, yeah. Sam, what does a normal day look like for you? Um, depending on the day, what we're doing that day on the menu, it's me kicking my husband out of bed around 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. Yeah, so six days a week he is prep master and he does all the cooking down of all of the things uh, so I have to get him out early so he has enough time to prep dough and chicken batter and all that good stuff mm. my day starts out a little bit easier I just get kicked all night by my kids and then I get to wake up and make them food get them dressed and then uh, I'm pretty much just expediter and like making sure all of my employees including my husband get some sort of break away from the kitchen um, and then, I don't know, I'm like bow days, I'm just a bow slinger, so like I have to like have all the numbers in my head and like uh, prep all the trays and make sure they're all getting steamed so everybody doesn't have too long of a wait. It doesn't feel like I do a lot, but I know that I'm exhausted at the end of the day, so I know there's more that I'm doing, I'm probably just blocking it out at this point. Um, but then pretty much once I get home, I'm just a jungle gym to two toddlers, and then I make them dinner, and then I sit on the couch for like an hour and just watch nursery rhymes, because that's all they want to do. So that's now forcibly become my happy place. <laughs> How, how old are they now? Uh, so my son turned four in November, and then okay. my daughter turned two in August. So okay. she's like two and a half. So the trenches, which requires a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> you may never get one again, so you may as well take it. Um, so they're not in school yet. So that's no. got to be... So yeah, I have essentially like a full-time nanny right now, uh, and she's absolutely wonderful, mm. and the kids absolutely love her. She's Colombian, and now like my son yesterday asked me for agua. So he's uh, becoming full Spanglish at this point, which is great. Um, but yeah, so I have a full-time nanny, so I know that they're at least getting like good attention, and I guess eventually my son will have to go into school, but mm -hmm. I haven't really put much thought into it no, yet. No, don't think about it. it well, it's also like, I can't believe it's already March, so like, I know the year is going to fly by, so mm -hmm. I'll just have to think a bit closer to it, but sure. yeah. yeah. All right, Shani, what's a normal day look like for you? Uh, well, um, as a restaurant owner, you wear a lot of different hats. You know, um, so my day mostly is putting out fires, um, doing a lot of communicating 
you know, between the front of the house and the back of the house and just different administrative stuff, you know, because I, I dabble with my own books. I, you know, have to talk to vendors. I have to talk to my chef, talk, got to talk to my managers and communicate to everybody else that's not there that day. So it's a lot of that, um, I would say. You know, and sometimes I, I actually work a shift on the floor, which is what I love to do, um, and uh, and that's always fun when I do that. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, about what time do you go to bed every day? Um, about midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Are you tired? Um, yeah, mostly. Oh, I love it. <laughs> the fact that you have yeah. to think about it is encouraging. <laughs> yeah. Brittany, what's a normal day like a work day like for you? So I think for me, I'm a little bit different than the ladies here. I am um, a traveling caterer, so I can go from Monterey to Santa Barbara. So depending on the event, uh, let's say if it's in Templeton, I have to go to, I start at 6 a.m. I go to my kitchen in Arroyo Grande and I work out of a commercial kitchen that's out of the Victorian estate. So it's oh, about yeah. a 200-year-old uh, building. The Rose Inn? Or yeah, that's what it was. Rose yes, that, oh my yeah, gosh, so, that's so funny. Yeah. So that's what it was called. It's called the Victorian Estate now. Okay. So it's pretty cool. I, I, I don't like to be there after dark because, you know, it's a little bit, a little creepy. It's out yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> um, but I usually go in um, around six uh, and I do my prep work, load my trailer, make sure I have everything from all. I mean, we're mobile, so we ha if you forget something, you're SOL. Like, <laughs> you either go to the store or you have your, your uh, employee pick it up. Yeah. Um, so like we have camping. It, camping is, it really and is. Again. And a lot of the times, we don't have a kitchen. So we're going to an event where we have to do a pop-up kitchen there. And a lot of the times, it's... I mean, we've done events on a mountain, Swallow Creek Ranch, where yeah. they have no service, and it's in dirt. And I'm like, okay, we got this, let's do it, let's go. So it's kind of like, a, I would say, a jack, of, jack of all trades when it comes to cooking wherever you can, pretty much. And I have a really good staff. Uh, a lot of my staff is my family. So I'm able, to, I'm very fortunate to have them uh, be with me and, and it's, it's nice to have that. But I, I mean, when I say we're doing, we'll do bartending, we'll do the catering, we'll do the cleanup, we'll do the setup breakdown of all the chairs and tables. So all the stuff that you do, you see in a wedding, everything, the background, that's kind of what we do. And uh, I'll probably go home around, depending on where, what location it is, uh, 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a long day. Are any of the people that you work with in your family here? Uh, yeah, I have my boyfriend here, Jason. Yay! <laughs> He's a very big supporter of me and um, couldn't do a lot of the stuff without him. He, he lifts all the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he, he lifts all the big stuff that I, I don't want to do. So He's good for marketing, too, yes. clearly. <laughs> good. Okay, tell me about... You know, I said that I was going to ask you, tell me about your favorite day at work. We're just going to go negative. Tell me about a really bad day at work, a hard day, okay? And I think we're starting with Sam. You can do it. Uh, the worst day we've had so far is uh, when we first started, we were cooking out of our kitchen. So we had pretty basic. Your home kitchen. Yeah, my home kitchen. So we had pretty basic, like standard kitchen equipment. 
And when we moved into the public market, you know, we got all the nice kind of equipment that you need to make things work. So we have the commercial stove and we even bought like a, a burner specific for a huge pot of water to steam. Uh, the worst day we ever had was not understanding our kitchen equipment properly. And I guess the flame over time had essentially burned holes into the side of our steamer pot. And we weren't at a point where we were like, let's just buy a whole bunch of extras in case we need this. Uh, and so there was a weekend where we just couldn't steam bow. Uh, well, effectively, it was one day. It was a Saturday, and that was back when we were only doing bow on the weekends before we really got to expand like days and hours. Thankfully, I had one of our um, one of the people who was buying when we were cooking food out of our house. She was in the process of moving, and she dropped us off a pot at like eight in the morning, and it wasn't enough to get the day rolling because usually my husband will start wrapping bow at like five a.m but we were able to wrap bow for the rest of the day and I pretty much just had to sit in the dark and tell customers, I am so sorry, we could not open today, like please come back tomorrow. And that was uh, probably one of the worst days. So now I have like three pots downstairs in our dry storage just ready to go in case of an emergency. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was probably the hardest day and it was, uh, yeah, not fun. I remember seeing that on social media. Yeah, no, it wasn't good. It's not pretty. And I had a I lot just, of I really felt, angry customers, and I'm like, I am so sorry. I felt like, your pain through those posts, because yeah. it was like, guys, please come back. I know, yeah. Please don't, yeah. Yeah, that, that was good. <laughs> Shani, what's a really hard day at work? Well, this happened uh, some years ago, but I really learned a lesson from it. Um, you know, I hate to say no to people, I hate to disappoint people, you know. Thanks for doing this, Shani. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was a busy Saturday night and we had um, a party or rehearsal dinner there. And <clears throat> well, somehow the numbers got messed up and we ended up with not enough seats, um, partly because his, the bride and groom's daughter came in and had some extra guests. And so I said, oh, okay, sure. But then I shouldn't have because then it resulted in the main party being short and I had nowhere to put them, nowhere. So I was like just horrified and it was just a horrible experience for them and I felt terrible. <clears throat> but it, um, and I profusely apologized and went ne the next day to the hotel and just continued to apologize. And, um, I, but I learned a really valuable lesson, you know, that you have to be able to say no sometimes. You have to set boundaries and you have to, you know, just yeah, make it happen that way, you know, if you have to. So sometimes you have to disappoint people in order to, to be able to do what you promised, you know, you could do. So that was a tough lesson and a difficult day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brittany, hard day. Thank you. Um, I would say, for me, uh, my daughter was sick. I had my, my youngest, and she was really, really, really sick. And we were doing this wedding, and I'm, you know, there's nobody else to sub me in, so it's just you. And you have to kind of choose between your kids sometimes and working a wedding, and it's not like you can miss a wedding as a caterer. There's, there's no, you know, if you, the, that's impossible to do. Um, luckily, I have a really great, um, their girls have a really good grandma, so they were, she was able to come in, but you always have that guilt of when they're sick, not being there and being able to take care of them because you're their mom. Mm -hmm. So there's, that was probably one of the hardest days because she, was, she wasn't feeling good, she wanted me only, you know, and yeah. like kids do. 
and I couldn't be there because, you know, I had to go make uh, dreams come true. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. The way you say it, it's true. You can't miss. You cannot. I've been a bride. You're coming to my wedding. <laughs> I hired you. Yeah, that's tough. That's really tough. Fabian, what was a really hard day? Um, I'm trying to think of a really hard day. Um, I think the hard days in general is, um, it's kind of, I mean, I'm sure it's the same with everybody, but it's very hard to predict how that date's going to go. Yeah. And we try to you know, cook accordingly so we don't have a lot of waste and, you know, I try to encourage pre-ordering. But there was one day when, I think it was like, we close at 6, so like around 5.40, we're like thinking it was a slow day, we're about to wrap it up. And I usually take the orders, run back, put the order and then run back again so we didn't have a system where I could send, you know, an order to a screen. So I ran back and I said, okay, it's 5.40, we're, you know, ready to close. And then I run back. There were, I think, about eight people in the lobby ready to order food. And we just did not have enough food. And they all just looked very disappointed and almost mad because they're like, this is a restaurant. You're supposed to have food, blah, blah, blah. But it was... It was a last minute thing, and so we decided if you stay, you know, we'll cook. Like you said, we can't say no because we're new in the business, so we decided to accommodate, and we just started making food really quickly for them, and then we were late for closing and getting out of the kitchen, and, and looking back, we could have simply said, you know, we only have this amount of food, but at the beginning, you're trying to please everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of felt like, ah, oh, we, we should not have done that because then our, the end of the day for us was really difficult. Mm. Um, and I think another thing along the line of that, it's just, it's very hard to kind of constantly, ch we changed our hours and our days a few times to figure out what days work for us best. Um, so, and we decided to close, to close the month of August because we just needed a break to kind of make it, a, for, I think we decided to make it a tradition we're gonna close. It's a Europe, very European. Yeah, August um, yeah. is <laughs> Because it's pretty slow during yeah. the summer for us, and we also, like all of us, like to travel. Like, I have a, a kid who I like to take somewhere during the summer. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, when we were closed, and we were, my son and I were traveling, and somebody somehow um, saw on Google that we were open. I don't know how that happened, but I got this message, a very angry message while I was vacationing in Italy that said, I'm never coming back. And I was just like, that was, that felt kind of, I took it very personally for a minute and then I decided, okay, this is not, you know, this is not our issue. We've been advertising that we're closed the month of August, but I felt really like I wanted to like find that person and apologize and Go to their come back from room, yeah. <laughs> yes, but make it right. Yeah, I think that the the end of the day is usually the most stressful time for us. But now everybody understands. It's I always say now it's at 6 p.m. or until we sell out. So if we sell out, it's there's not a lot we can do about it. But yeah. it still feels bad. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna ask one last question before we take a little potty food drink break. It's potty break because this is about being a mother. Um, who is a mother you look up to? Shani, who's a, hey, wait, before you do that, my mom is here. My mother is here, Pam Johnson. Yay! And that's
that's a mother I look up to. All right, Shani, who's a mom you look up to? Um, I don't know how to answer this question, really. Um, I think I would want to say, I want to say my mom, because she really taught me a lot, um, you know, um, the work ethic that I have, and um, she was just full of proverbs growing up, <laughs> you know, like, don't call the pot, don't call the kettle black, you know, don't call the pot the kettle, whatever, you know, <laughs> no, um, don't count your chickens before they're hatched, you know, so I always remember those, you know, in, in, in my daily business operations, and, um, and, um, I, I think I can't really think of one specific mom other than my mom, except that I really look up to moms, young moms who have these businesses that are so time consuming and so they take so much out of you and to raise young children like Sam and Fabian and Brittany, you know, um, they're so much younger than I am and doing it right now and it's hard. And childcare these days is really difficult. And so, you know, I just really admire them for being able to do what they do and, and set the boundaries that they do mm -hmm. and, and raise their children, you know, in this. Agreed. Brittany, who's a mom you look up to? I have to say my mom because she's listening, and if I don't, she'll. <laughs> so, mom, this is for you. <laughs> uh, but no, really, it really is my mother because my my mom had um, my little sister was born with a congenital heart disease when she was born. Yes, <laughs> and um, she, I mean, the first day she was born, this is back before they could do you know ultrasounds and stuff, and. Um, they didn't know if she was gonna live or die. And she was always there taking care of all of us, still fighting for my little sister. And um, my sister's, actually it's, it's her 29th birthday today and she's still alive. Oh my gosh! So yeah, so she, happy birthday Kissy. Um, she got a heart transplant about seven years ago. And so she, my mother just did everything possible to take care of her, raise her, and then raise us as well. So I, I get a lot of my work ethic from her because she still held a corporate job, took care of us, and somehow did all the cleaning and all the laundry and all the, everything that had to do with, with household you know, stuff that we also have to take on as a mother, um, besides running a business. So that's a lot of things that people don't talk about where you go home, you don't just go home, you, you don't get to relax, you have to do the laundry and the cleaning and the getting the kids ready for school in the morning. So she really held it down. So definitely my mom. What's your mom's name? Anna. Anna. Yeah. yeah. We so, hear, we see yeah. you, Anna. <laughs> yeah, totally. Fabian, what's a mom you look up? Who is a mom you look up to? I guess it's also my own mom <laughs> um, because I don't know, for many reasons, but the main one is um, my parents were divorced when I was really young. I think I was two or three. Um, and she made single parenting look easy. I know it wasn't, but we grew up in Ethiopia, so the entire village, village raised us. But she also made it seem like it was doable, and she did it. And now looking back, I knew it was very difficult. There was a lot of stuff 
that went in the background that my brother and I had no idea about, but she kind of shielded us from that. So, and she also never said anything bad about my dad. She could have, but there was never one bad thing that she said about him. So I admire that because sometimes when I get mad, I'm just like, "Yo, dad, is it? you know, like." <laughs> and so I don't know. I just thought that was that was a, a good. Um, she had a good boundary, and she also kept us from a lot of the negative stuff. And she always, always got dressed every morning and just never looked the part of, you know, we never saw what she went through. But now, looking back, I realize that must have been very difficult for her to do. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I admire her, and I like getting dressed up every day because yes, of do. her. <laughs> yes, you do. You see Fabian around town, you know who she is because she looks better than anybody else in the room. <laughs> Sam. Who's a mom you look up to? So my, my Disney broken brain wanted to say Mama Coco at first for no reason <laughs> whatsoever. Um, so I'm feeling a trend. Are you like releasing this near Mother's Day or something? Maybe. I should. I should. Yes. So definitely my mom. Uh, kind of same ordeal. My mom and my dad divorced when I was really young. And so my mom same, just made single parenting look super easy. Um, and I would always go to work with her, and she was always super supportive of anything that I wanted to do. And then when my husband and I moved to California, you know, it puts some stress because they're back on the East Coast um, on the relationship. And my mom always made it a point to force me to talk to her by calling and FaceTiming and all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm gonna get like weirdly personal for a moment. I'm Do sorry. it. Go there. Um, I had some difficulties getting pregnant for a period of time, and I ended up having like two miscarriages, and I had to get a corrective surgery. And my mom took the time to fly out to take me to that surgery and to be with me during that surgery. And then she flew out again a year later when I gave birth to my first kid, mm. and she just made it. I went into labor early. My mom pushed her flight forward, and she made it like two hours before uh, my son was actually born. So wow. it was pretty crazy. What's your mom's name? Uh, my mom's name is Constance. Constance, we yep. see you. And she'll she'll be listening. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. So. Sam, when you talked about being vulnerable, I will also share that I, part of the reason motherhood is such a close, it's so close to my heart. Um, when I had my son in 2010, I experienced really severe postpartum depression. And that kind of came, well, no, that very much came out of nowhere. I didn't expect it. And then with my daughter flared up again and just mental health has been on my mind ever since. So, um, Motherhood changes everything. It changes everything. And I should also say right now that it's not just motherhood, it's parenthood. This is, we're not only talking about moms here. Um, we're definitely talking about all sorts of parents. Motherhood, though, is a very charged topic. I think we're all aware. You all know that because you're here. Um, motherhood is a very charged topic, specifically in the restaurant and service industry, where there is almost no support for that, uh, for a life in, uh, as a mother. So let's talk a little bit more about that. So how has being a mom, let's start with this. How about, how's it been an advantage for you in your work and a disadvantage for you in your work? Brittany, do you want to start? Sure. So I would say being a mom, 
an advantage would be the multitasking and um, being able to do multiple things at once but still focus on your main goal. Um, I would say also rallying. I'm a really good uh, babysitter for uh, groomsmen for day of the wedding. So, uh, I, you know, you kind of have to push them a little bit to get them where they need to go, and, and um, that's probably what I'm really good at is just making sure uh, everything's done on time, it's coordinating, you know, you're doing a million things in your head at once, and you're just trying to focus and make sure everybody has the same goal in mind. Um, and I'm sorry, can you remind me of the other How question? has it been a disadvantage? So I'm, I'm a single mom. So it's, it's hard because at the end of the day, I, I go home and it's, it's a, lot, a lot of the things are on me. So it's, it, there's a lot of pressure that goes, you know, if my kid has a bad day at school or something happens, it's like I have to go and deal with it at home. Um, my girls are with me 99% of the time. So it's, it's a, I'm also supporting them financially 100%. So it's, there's a lot of things that go on with being a disadvantage of being a mom because usually you have a partner that goes in and help you and tag, you're it, you know what I mean? Um, but I don't have that. So I think that that is the hardest part where I have to learn how to have boundaries or this is mom time or this is business time or you know I'll have my, I have Wi-Fi in my car so I'll send an email in my car um, at, when they go to school or phone calls or um, so that's probably one of the, the hardest parts is, is having to navigate that by yourself. Mm-hmm. Totally. Fabian, advantage, disadvantage of being a mom? Um, I think there's a big disadvantage. I'm still trying to think of the advantage, but I think I'll come up with something. But <laughs> you stick with it, girl. Um, yeah, the disadvantage is just um, what Whitney said. It's very hard to do anything um, and focus on one thing for I don't know. From depending on what age your your children are at the beginning you can't focus because your mind is not working right you just gave birth you went through all this so um focus and everything else becomes very difficult and then when they get a little older if you have your own business you have to juggle everything um including you know i would there was a time where i would leave at two thirty to run pick up my son from los osos and then run back to the restaurant hoping you know maybe people don't come in within that <laughs> window um, so there's a lot of disadvantages and I think we kind of all know what the disadvantages are um, the advantage um, I guess you <laughs> um, I, I guess having a child um, teaches you a lot of patience and a lot of um, understanding so being in, I was never in customer service before this. Um, now being in customer service and having a 12-year-old, I have a lot of patience and I have a lot of understanding. And I think the advantage is more for him. He's watching me do a lot of different things and he thinks, you know, some days he thinks I'm great and that's because he sees me do things. So there's a lot of advantage to, I guess, 
for him, but yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to, <laughs> I'm working hard at, um, I don't know, it's, it's hard, it's the, the only thing is you just, you, because you've, de you've dealt with a, a kid, you're, it's easy to kind of understand people and be patient with yes. people, but yeah, I can go on and on about the disadvantage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, good. Sorry. <laughs> Nothing good to say. You know it's a good answer when you have to say sorry at the end. <laughs> Sam, advantage and disadvantage? Um, let's see, sleep deprivation works really well now. I, uh, and then like Brittany said, multitasking, kind of like a multitasking wizard, although I find that I start like five things and only finish two of them, mm. uh, which is probably the sleep deprivation. Um, I don't know though, I think a lot of it is definitely patience. You, you kind of accrue a lot of that. Um, and, oh yeah, hmm. A lot of disadvantages. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll go back to advantages in a second once my brain clears up. Uh, disadvantages. I've had a lot of people tell me things that I don't think that they thought were rude in the moment, but were really rude about like, you know, because when we first started, I had uh, childcare issues, and so we couldn't be open as many days as we wanted, and I had a lot of people just like make me feel bad about having kids. Like, why would you open a restaurant when you have kids? Mm. And uh, that's like really disheartening to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's hard to understand how to like take that information sometimes, because like you want to be positive and like you want to think that they're trying to like not be mean, but. Mm -hmm realistically that's what they're being and then you have to still like put on a face and like still kind of explain the why and like be happy-go-lucky about it and that's really hard to do on some days mm -hmm. um other disadvantages i don't know mom guilt is just a really big one where i just feel really bad about being open a lot and then missing a lot of things mm -hmm. um so mm -hmm. that's pretty much it do you think mike has those same feelings uh, yes, but they are stage five clingers to me right now. So maybe when Hatsia becomes like a daddy's girl, he'll probably feel it more. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just like, I'm just the jungle gym, which is great. I'm not like upset about it. Mm -hmm. I love uh, just getting snuggles all night and all morning. Mm -hmm. It's definitely my favorite. Um, but then there are some times where I just want to take a shower and not get screamed at by two kids. So like, that's definitely a disadvantage. Not to do with work, but just in life. Uh, like trying to just wash my hair today for this was uh, very difficult. And you did it. I did, you it. did it. I did it. <laughs> and you did it. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, Shani, what are, okay, so I should say, actually, I said, I, when I was talking to these ladies about the questions I should ask, I said, you know, should I ask about advantages and, and does anyone have any questions? And Shani said, ask about disadvantages. <laughs> so I want to hear what those might be. Okay. Well, I think I'll start with advantages. Okay. Um, I think, I believe that you know, as women, we have a strong and nurturing gene, you know, in us and, you know, with being mothers. And, and that's definitely helped, you know, in the restaurant hospitality industry because, you know, it, it just, I feel like that, that desire to care and take care of your guests is a, a little stronger for us. Um, and um, 
advantages of being a mom, I, I think in this industry, this, I don't know that there's a whole lot of advantages, <laughs> but, uh, but that, um, and um, we have, being a restaurant owner, uh, being the owner of a restaurant, we have a little bit of flexibility as, you know, being able to take off, maybe to get, get our kids and coach uh, baseball or, or something like that, you know? But um, the, the disadvantages are definitely same thing as sacrifice because being the owner, you're on call whenever the restaurant, as long as the restaurant is open, you're on call. So, um, and also our peak seasons are when the kids are out of school, the holiday times, and so we had to sacrifice a lot of times. We can't go on vacation. This is our peak time, you know? So we can't go to these special events. We're too busy. It's the weekend, you know? So there's been a lot of sacrifices and disadvantages in that um, aspect, you know, of being in hospitality. Mm -hmm. um, we've had to be very flexible. Um, we can't celebrate your birthday on that day, this year. I can't celebrate mine because it falls on a Saturday and it's like not happening. So we have to be flexible and go with the flow and do it a different time. Yeah. You know, it's always on Thanksgiving, we can't celebrate on Thanksgiving, but it's our choice because we choose to open on those days. Yes. So, so, but, so yeah, it's, a, it's really um, a matter of being flexible. So. Um, those are the disadvantages, I think. Think of all you the know. people, though, for whom it is their birthday and you are open. You know <laughs> what I mean? And they can go there or they can have their wedding party come for the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. Or I mean, you can't tell a child that, right? They're like, I don't care. Well, but yeah, my kids have grown up knowing that, you know, so that's not a big deal to them. They yeah. understand. Um, it's like, you know, because we have chosen to be open lunch and dinner seven days a week, always from, from when we started. So a lot of times, you know, we could not have, you know, we envisioned like seeing, sitting around the table to have family dinner. Well, that didn't happen that often during the week, you know, maybe once or twice. And so that I did feel guilty about, you know, we try to make up for it in other areas, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it definitely have to be flexible. Shani, I haven't mentioned this yet, but you've worked with both of your sons in yeah. mm -hmm. in the restaurants. Uh huh. So who is? I think you said one is working. with One you now. is working with me. My eldest one is, and um, my second one. He, he's adopted. He's from Brazil, and and he he has worked for us. But I haven't actually worked. Oh yeah, I did. He worked at Robbins for a little bit, and uh, um, he worked at Luna Red. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they both have definitely, Jai, the oldest one, has had been in the restaurant business like all his life, mm -hmm. pretty much. But, um, yeah. It's mm -hmm. cool to think that mm -hmm. the rest of these three, it'd be fun to think of your own kids working for you. Yeah, I'm sure. I, mean, I don't when, know. I think it's Yeah, well, we, we were fortunate in the fact that, that the first place that we had the restaurant was in an old home, and it had, it had an upstairs, a second story that had two rooms. So Jai was there at the restaurant a lot, and he had one of the rooms was his playroom. You know, he had his Legos strewn all over the place, mm -hmm. you know, and he was working in the restaurant at an early age, helping to bust tables, you know, wash dishes. He definitely got in, had to get in there, you yeah. know, because, and it was great because we were able to have him at work a lot because of that arrangement. You know, it's, it's different these days, I think, for most moms in the restaurant business and mm -hmm. hospitality. They, they don't think a lot of them can have their kids with them. It doesn't seem, and it's hard. 
but so yeah. I feel I feel lucky that we were able to have him at work a lot mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. so maybe if that's a lesson to anyone get if, a house with a well, rooms yeah, up there um, <laughs> extra rooms <laughs> but also I'm thinking of what Sam said in terms of you know people seeing that you have kids at the restaurant and kind of shaming you for that um, you know that's a culture that we could change I think of walking into a restaurant and um, it's funny that you mentioned that because one of my friends over here said oh I remember coming into Bing's and seeing the playpen with the kids in it and they were thinking how cool that was yeah so the reason why that doesn't exist anymore is the health inspector said that it was sleeping accommodations (laughs) and tried to give us a fine so that was super fun it was a play tent it was space it was a rocket ship I mean it's not sleeping accommodations no it's not a hotel I know that much I didn't yeah. have cots, like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I remember one day really vividly, my son was just not feeling the not getting attention and he got out of the high chair and he just did like grabby arms to a customer. And then I just remember my son getting passed down the line like by four Aww. people. They were just holding him while they were waiting for food because he just wanted to be held. And it was really great. <laughs> And he had a lot of fun. (laughs) And then the next week, like two of those customers came back and like brought cars for him. (laughs) And he still has those cars and he loves them dearly. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I had somebody on a plane, I think going up to Idaho, I had somebody on a plane take my son because they could see it was not happening anymore. Some stranger with my baby. (laughs) Not the first time, actually. Not the last time. I went to Goshi once, and my daughter was just not feeling anything, and I believe it was one of their parents. It was either Yasu or Miwa, I'm not really sure. Um, but she just grabbed my daughter and just carried her around for 45 minutes yeah, while yeah. I ate dinner. I was like, this is great. I need this woman to come with me everywhere. But then at the end of the night, I was like, I don't know where my daughter is. And I had to ask one of their sons. I was like, can you find my kid, please? But she was just holding her and just just yeah. rocking her back and forth and my daughter was having a blast you know what's so cool about that when that happens to us or i should say for me i've become that woman i do i take people's babies all the time <laughs> with their permission but i mean i'm i'm that woman who's like let me get in there you know i think we can all become that woman um as we get further from them being so needy, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, because I can think in my mind, oh, that woman took Corbin and showed him the lights out the window and was making a big deal about the lights, and he wasn't focused on me for a whole 10 minutes. We can be that parent, you know? For I mean, we can be that person for another parent, anyway. Um, okay, how do you take care of yourself, Brittany? I think I'm on track here for the right person. Brittany, how do you take care of yourself? So I would have to say uh, meditation. Um, I really, if I get whatever time I get to myself, um, I really like to just meditate and just think about like, okay, you know, what are the goals that you're gonna do today? What are the things that you, you just need to take a breath and moment to yourself because I don't get that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to say probably the Bible Mm-hmm. Um, I do do a lot of scripture readings and um, it, that helps me a lot because I look at it and I'm like, okay, I just, I'll literally open it and be like, okay, what do I need today, God? Let's, let's see, <laughs> let's see what, 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 what's going to be on to, for today. Um, and, and gym, if I get time to go to the gym, yeah. I really try to go to the gym, but 
Um, it's really, really difficult to go to the gym. Uh, I have a five-year-old and 12-year-old, so they're very, very needy. So I try, if when I'm not working, try to just be like, okay, I'll take 30 minutes to myself and I'll go to the gym and get on, you know, do something or I'll take my dog for a walk or something I can do outside where I don't have to look at my phone or, yes. or look on the screen because when you're a, a business owner, you wear all the hats. You're HR, you are customer service, you are all the things. So um, I really like to set that time to myself where um, I can be okay for five minutes. Mm -hmm. So You bring up a great point about the screen. The screen when you're it's every so bad. time you look at well, I think <laughs> Shani, well done. You don't have yours in front of you. Neither does Faven. Um, but the screen running yes. a business, it's all through. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. So okay, I, okay. I was gonna say I have not fielding I, yeah, Jamie. <laughs> phone number, phone calls. But yeah, yes. you so you're on social media, yes. you're on email. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Google, yeah, you know, you're all everything is in your phone nowadays. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of screen time and so I'd like to just take time to where I'm not looking at my phone or I'm not answering phone calls because I feel like I'm always on call with clients. You never know what you're gonna get. Um, so that's nice to just take that and just be like, okay, shh, time to yourself. Yeah. Fabian, how do you take care of yourself? Um, well, I feel like I, <laughs> you know this. I know, you're my, you're my take care of yourself, goddess. <laughs> um, I don't know, I feel like I take care of myself all the time mm -hmm. um, and I say that because the things I were I was doing after I had my son when I share with friends just random conversation they're like you do that and then I realized then I was taking care of myself but I just thought it was normal mm -hmm. um, so I got married really late and I had my son when I was I think 34 um, so all my life I knew how to take care of myself I didn't know otherwise <laughs> so when I had my son and I got married and I realized that I was gonna be in the back burner, I decided to take Sundays off. At the beginning, it started as one day off to myself. So Sundays, I would leave early in the morning and then not come back until really late <laughs> when he was young. Um, and sometimes I didn't have anything to do. I would just leave and park my car somewhere and just listen to um, NPR or something. But anyway, I was doing that for a while, and then I just created a routine to take care of myself every day. Um, when I drop my son off at school, I don't think about him. It's, now it's time for my, myself. So I do a lot of self-care self in that sense, where my time is always my time. Um, and I do my three and a half hour coffee every morning. I love that coffee. <laughs> um, and that's also, please join me. <laughs> I'm telling everybody, always join me. It's good, it's good for you. Um, but I do work, too. I'm not just sitting there. Um, but that gives me a lot of time to think and to do most of the stuff that I want to do in the morning. So I'm kind of free mentally for the rest of the day, which I also consider as self-care. Um, but yeah, like I said, because, because I knew how to take care of myself only for a long time. I wasn't a young mom or anything. I, I always know how to go back and take care of myself and give myself a lot of time because yeah. time is all I need. <laughs> I need a lot of time to myself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sam, what about And you? I sleep too. I go to bed very, very early. Um, this is late for me. I'm usually in bed by 7.30. <laughs> like a sleep? Well, if I'm not out. Like a sleep? Um, 
Well, I'd like to be in bed by seven-ish and hopefully go to bed, go to sleep by eight o'clock. Oh, if I'm right. not out, yeah, that's my biggest self-care. We have there's so much to talk about circadian rhythms and there's just so much there. <laughs> Again, goals. Okay, Sam. Uh, you share the same sleep schedule. I'll, I'll I'm get sure. back to you whenever that happens. <laughs> uh, I don't really. So I work two jobs, and I'm a mom, and so I don't really get time off. And then my kids' sleep schedules are super crazy. Like my son thinks that he is a marathon awaker, so he'll be awake for like 15 hours straight. So sometimes uh, I won't go to bed until like 1:30 because he's still awake, and I just have to hang out with him until he finally crashes. And then wake Mike up. And wake Mike up, and then like my daughter will wake me up at like 4:30 in the morning just for funsies. Mm-hmm. So on any average, I'm getting probably like four to five hours of sleep. I think I'm just existing in the ether most of the time, mm-hmm. um, but I almost always have a headphone in, so I at least have music to like hopefully ground me or just save me from insanity. One of the yeah. two, for sure. And I just want to tell you like. They get older and it gets different. I mean, yeah. right? I, look at the, I don't know if that's good or bad, though. I think it's good. I <laughs> okay. think it might be good. Yeah, my life opened up a lot as they got older. Um, yeah, it's there's light at the end of that tunnel, for sure. Shani? Well, this is not an area I'm good at. So um, I'm a compulsive worker. And um, I usually am thinking, strategizing, if not actually working in the restaurant all the time. So my employees will tell you that. And um, when I'm on vacation, I'm sending emails, um, you know, um, one o'clock in the morning sometimes, you know, um, that's just an area that I've never been good at setting boundaries for myself. Um, I've never felt that I had the time to take care of myself, but, I feel like after 38 years, I'm getting slightly better. Um, This year, I've um, committed to taking one day during the week to tell everybody, say, I'm not going to be at the restaurant. Doesn't mean I'm not going to be working, but I'm not going to be at the restaurant. But I haven't succeeded at that 100%. But part of the day, I have, (laughs) but I'm working toward it. But um, I do, I really do enjoy yoga. It uh, really helps me to relax and, and like shavasana is like perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I just chill and relax when, yep. I, when I can do yoga. Yeah. Um, but um, I love what I do. It's like, it doesn't feel like work. <laughs> you know, it's so like a, my mind is always going, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. And when you're good at it, there's positive feedback, right? Yeah. It's a loop. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah so. So unfortunately, it's not something I'm, I have too much to offer because I'm not good at that. No, we all benefit at your lack of self-care. So. Um, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit um, because I want to leave time for Q&A. I don't know if that's something that everybody wants, but we'll see. Um, what do you want most for your children? Fabin, do you want to answer that first? Um, I would say um, personal freedom. Um, that's my biggest thing, and I think it's very important to me, and I want him to have just personal, I don't even know if like mental freedom is a word, but like to just be free within your own mind, because um, that's what I want for myself. Mm-hmm. And 
and I'm gonna get, this is kind of personal, but when I had my son, I knew when he was a, I mean, I knew he was a boy, he was gonna be a boy. I was so happy that he never has to be a mom. Mm. Like that was, so I feel like he's already halfway there with the personal freedom thing, because he's gonna be. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, just um, personal freedom and just mm. to be comfortable with who he is wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. That's great. Sam. Um, I don't know. I think the mom guilt is still affecting me, so I think that they need toys right now, which they don't. Uh, yeah, I just bought my son a whole bunch of little Formula One cars just because. Um, but no, I just, I want them, I had like not the best situation growing up uh, as a kid, and my husband's family was the polar opposite. They've been together for I want to say 30 something years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my parents divorced when I was really young. They both remarried, they both re-divorced. So it was just kind of like a cluster in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want them to have something to always come home to and something that feels safe and comfortable for them. And I just want them to grow up happy is mm-hmm. all I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good too. Yeah. Chani, what about you? Um, well, what does a mom want for her kids, you know, for them to be happy and, and healthy? Um, I think for, for my kids, I want, wish for them to be self-sufficient and um, to love what they do and to be healthy, you know. Um, if you don't have good health, you know, there's not much you can do. You know, you're so limited, so I would say I really want them to be healthy and happy, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And to be kind and generous human beings. Kindness. I have a friend who said to her child, I don't care what you do, I don't care what your job is, if you don't have a job, whatever, just be kind. It's the only thing I care about. And her kids actually are very kind. Brittany. I think I would have to say for my girls is um, that they can do whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when you go to school, you're like, okay, you go to school, you're going to go to college, you're going to do this and this. And I feel like it doesn't always, life doesn't always work out the way you want it to. You know, it's, you, you're expected to do certain things and reach certain life goals, and sometimes that doesn't happen. And so I feel like for them, I just want them to know that they can do whatever they want to do. They want, if they want to start a business, they can start a business. If they want to do, um, you know, go travel or do, do the things that they love and are passionate about, I think that's super important to have just things that make them feel alive Mm -hmm. Um, because that's when I I think for me is I I want them to make sure that they know that they're loved and they can do anything if they as long as they set their mind to it Mm -hmm. so having those those dreams I think dreams are a big thing because we all have a dream and this is all the reason why we started our business is because you have a dream to do what you do so I think um, as long as they follow their dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to that point, actually, um, I was encouraged by my mom and my dad from a really young age to do it. They said, whatever college you get into, we'll do our best to make it possible. And there wasn't a lot there. Um, and I think that that is, you know, it's highly impractical, but it's the thing that I wanted. Um, I ended up going to college 
to study art and music. And um, last time I checked, I haven't done anything in those areas. But um, they supported me. They would. They were completely on board with me doing whatever I chose to do, and that's been a gift to me. Okay, last question. So what I usually ask is, you know, it's your last day on earth. What would you eat, drink, and who would you be with? But instead of that this time, I'm gonna ask, if you could share any food experience with your kids, what would it be? And I forget where I left off. I, I think, Sam, it's you. And, and they would eat it, and they would take, like, and they would be into it. Well, like, I would hope that they will, but they're still just in that pizza roll and, no, like, no, no, dino no. tendy phase right now. No, so. let's just pretend that they're into okay. it. Okay. Um, okay, so before I had kids, uh, Mike and I were crazy enough to go to Copenhagen, and we went to Noma to eat when they nice. reopened their restaurant. And they are going to be shutting down at the end of yeah. the next years and Mike and I had talked about going back to Copenhagen but we wanted to wait until they were old enough or until we had enough sanity to take them on a plane that long and so I think mm. the goal is to try and go to Copenhagen with them now I'm not crazy enough to spend that much money on them yeah. to go to the restaurant yeah also I don't think that kids are really allowed I don't think so but there have there was really amazing food in Copenhagen that we got a lot of really interesting Nordic food mm -hmm. that I certainly uh, certainly thoroughly enjoyed I also found out that I was pregnant in Copenhagen so my son technically ate all of the good stuff um, but yeah so just really anywhere with us would be fantastic but I think like going and experiencing um, like another culture and kind mm -hmm. of immersing them into something like that because um, yeah, that's something that I thoroughly enjoyed before kids. I think that that's what I would hope for. So that we're going to go with ho hopefully future 2024 and 2024. Oh. We're going to be there. I'm wishing that, that for you. Yes, yes, yes totally. <laughs> Shani, what about you? Um, well, um, my boys, especially one of them, loves to, to eat and experience all the different, you know, cult food cultures. So um, I, did you say, was it the best? Um, experience. What did I say? Uh, if you could share any food any experience. experience. With you. So um, I, I really enjoy sharing meals and different cuisines with them. And so we, um, I would love to take them on more like international trips yeah. to, to experience different cultures. Mm -hmm. And um, we have had the opportunity to do that in Southeast Asia and coming from Singapore, I've, ma I've managed to bring them back a couple of times to experience that. Uh, food food experience and it's always been really fun because they do enjoy eating also mm -hmm. so that's really fun so wherever we go actually you know when we if we're in Costa Rica or wherever with the kids they really enjoy eating you know yeah. around the table with us and so um, yeah that's yeah. that's an experience we 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 have in common and that we that we enjoy and so love. fun yeah mm -hmm. so fun Brittany what about you I think I would have to say um, before COVID, so I say before COVID is BC because it's before COVID. Um, I went to France and the the food over there was just amazing and the chocolate croissant. <laughs> it's like you could eat all the bread over there and not get gain a pound, you know. So probably uh, doing having a, a chocolate croissant in France, yeah. Yeah, my kids would love that. Too. Faven, what about you? 
Um, I guess for me it would be the same thing, and I would go to my son loves cheese. He he's he's he wears a cheese costume pretty much every <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> so I would have a plate of cheese in Paris with him. At, with a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming at this point he can drink. Whatever you think. Okay. Whatever you think would be right. So a glass of wine and a cheese plate with him somewhere in Europe would be amazing. Okay, can we give a round of applause to these four lovely women? It's such a pleasure to get to know you, to talk to you, all four of you together. It's fun to talk to one person individually, but to have four is really special, so thank you. If, wanna, oh, yes. If I may, I want to say thank you for being here. It's yes. really, um, I mean, it's such an amazing thing <laughs> to have you all here listening to us, and um, I thank you for taking the time out this evening to be here. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Get a beer. Get a pin, finish up with the the sandwiches outside, and check for this in about a month. It'll be out on on the airwaves. Thank you so much for coming. Many thanks to Max and Paige Montgomery for helping with the venue, to Manuel Medina for sound engineering, to our panelists, and to At Her Table for co-sponsoring this event. Keep your ears open for another season of the Consume podcast coming out June 1st. Until then, this is Jamie Lewis.